Well, we're in a series looking at the life of Samson. And if you don't know who Samson is and uh, you've got time this week, I'd encourage you to open your Bibles in the Old Testament, the fifth book of the Bible, which is the book of Judges, and uh, to read chapters 13 to 16 of the life of Samson. And we're going to work our way. We began last week and we're going to work our way over the next few weeks uh, through his life. And last week and this week, we're going to look uh, at a number of things that happened into his life. And then we're going to look, what does that mean for us? The purpose of his life and how that affects our purpose of life here in 2017 in Melbourne, Australia, very much in our community. What, what, is, uh, what can we learn from this man? A man who had a lot of power, but not a lot of purpose. And uh, so I encourage you, if you haven't already been able to do do that, I'd encourage you to open your Bibles through the week to Judges 13 uh, and read through to chapter 16. But if you do have your Bibles there, I'd love you to open them up to Judges 14. And we're going to look at this very interesting character named Samson. If you weren't here last week, let me just give you a very quick overview of this, this, uh, what we talked about last week and of this man Samson. Samson was a guy who from birth, it tells us, was set apart, called and chosen by God to to bring about deliverance of God's people from the oppressive hand of the the enemy, the Philistines. And uh, so God gave uh, this man this supernatural strength. And as it was pointed out to me, I think it's good to highlight this, we're we're not sure if he probably wasn't a big ball of muscle, uh, but but we know he had this supernatural strength. Uh, uh, But one thing we know about uh, Samson was that he had so much potential that you could ever imagine. But the problem is, like many people, even though we've got great potential for God, where God's given us just incredible gifting, he, he continued to make bad decisions, destructive decisions, again and again and again. And we summarised his life uh, in some ways by saying this, that Samson was, incredibly, Samson was an incredibly strong man with a dangerously weak will. Samson was an incredibly strong man with a dangerously weak will. Just like us, just like you quite possibly. Lots of potential. God-given potential. God wants to do great things through you. Yet because of the weaknesses of our will, we end up making poor decisions and we and we never get about doing the purposes that God wants to do through us and we looked at three attitudes that can make the strong person weak the first one was lust Samuel had a lust issue Samuel had a uh, Samuel Samson had a had a uh, uh, an attitude of a spirit of entitlement I, I, I deserve it attitude I deserve it And the third was pride, and we didn't look too much into that, but we want to look at that this morning. So this morning, I want to look at another one of his vulnerabilities, areas of his weakness. And um, we don't talk about this too much in the church, but I want to talk about this as we look into the life of Samson. That Samson was emotion-driven, not spirit-led. Samson was emotion-driven, not spirit-led. For those of you who are Christians, you know, one of the big problems is that we should be led by the Spirit of God in all that we do. But often we're driven by emotions. It made me think of a couple of songs that we sing, we've sung for a long time, and a recent song. One of them is this song, The Spirit of the Living God, Fall Afresh on Me. 
Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on me. Another one that we've been singing recently, Spirit of the living God, hanging on every word of yours. Hanging on every word. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on me. May I hang on every word, if it's through your word, whatever it is, through prayer. You know, the story of Samson does speak a lot, as we talked about last week, into the lives of men and challenges men in numerous ways. And, and many men, I don't think, would say to themselves, well, I'm emotional. No, I'm strong. But the reality is this, that we're all emotional and emotions are given to us by God. They're not actually bad. We just shouldn't be driven by them. The way men process emotions and how women process emotions can be different. Some of you are laughing. It wasn't meant to be funny. But generally speaking, men, we like to act. Women more like to talk. They like to talk. Men, we think, well, we need to act. Now, my wife's away in Queensland for the weekend, so here we go. I can give you an illustration. <laughs> this better not get back. But here's the thing. If something's going on for Son, and I, this is probably happening this weekend, she's up there in, with her family and she's with her sister and they're very close. But what happens normally is something like this. She'll probably say to someone, hey, we need to talk. Would you come around? Let's have a cup of tea together and let's talk. It's a good thing. I don't get very many men who ring me and say, can you come around? Let's have a cup of tea on the couch and talk. doesn't happen a lot. We like to act. But if we're all honest, men included, there are times your emotions have led you to do something that you shouldn't have done. You know, we, we, we can laugh about a few things. We think, well, the emotions in the car, you know, men, a bit like that. Bayswater Road, corner of Bayswater, Eastfield, if you know it, two lanes become one straight after the traffic light. <laughs> Talked about that a bit. They ain't getting in front of me. Rev the 2009 uh, Camry, give it a bit of a look on the left and say, let's go. And the kids, if they're in the car, they go, Tim. Well, not Tim, Dad. Please. Don't do it. You know, Facebook's a great place to go where people just vent their emotions and they think, why, why did I put that up? Just so you know, I'm black banned myself from Facebook for the next two weeks so I don't read anything to do with football, just so you know. But people will, will, will say things and we go, oh, why did I say that? It's our emotions. The problem for many of us, because of our emotions, we, we can actually make those decisions that we regret rather than being led by the Spirit of God. Now, I'm really talking this morning to, if you're a follower of Jesus, I really want you to hear this this morning. Are you being led by the Spirit of God? Are you, in a sense, praying those words of, of those songs? Spirit of the living God, let me hear, hang on every word that you give to me. We, we want to do right. I, I believe, I think in a room this size, 99.9% .9 of you want to do what's right. But at times our emotions take over and it takes us down an ungodly path. And I love how Paul speaks about this. 
about the way he talks about our choices and how our choices at times fall into sin, these decisions we make that just don't line up with God. If you wonder what sin is, in a very simple term, it's where we choose to do things that are opposite to, to our Heavenly Father's way. And this is what Paul says in Romans 7. He says this in verse 14. He says, The trouble is with me, for I am all too human, a slave to sin. I don't really understand myself, for I want to do what is right. I think we can all agree with him there. I want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. Verse 19, he goes on to say, I want to do what is good, but I don't. I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. But I do what I don't want to do. I am not really the one doing wrong. It is the sin living in me that does it. You know, we might work hard all week and we get home and we think, oh, I need to connect with my family, but I'm emotionally fried out and we just sit in front of a TV. We're a silent voice in the home. We might say something silly, something stupid, or we do something stupid to our husband, our wife, a friend, our brother, our sister, a work colleague, and you know, you think, I should apologise, I really should but because of the pride that's in me, I'm not going to do it. That's not the Holy Spirit leading you right there, just so you know. Or someone else does something and you don't want to explode in anger, but you do. And you end up like the Apostle Paul where he says, why is it that the things that I want to do, I don't do? And the things that I don't want to do, I end up doing. It's because we're emotion-driven. We're not being led by the Holy Spirit of God, by his Spirit. That's why Paul says this in Galatians 5 again. Paul, who wrote much of the New Testament, he says this in Galatians 5. So I say, live by the Spirit and do not gratify the desires of the flesh. For what the flesh desires is opposed to the Spirit and what the Spirit desires is opposed to the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to prevent you from doing what you want. The problem for Samson is he's emotion-driven rather than spirit-led. And you see that come out in the way he lives his life. He went and pursued someone who, who he shouldn't have pursued, who, who, was, who was a woman who, who worshipped a false god. And, and Samson was given advice, don't go down that track. Don't do it. But he did. We see that, that he's at a, a, a wedding fiesta per se. And he's with 30 Philistines who were, the, who, who were God's people's enemies. And he says to these 30 men, verse 14, chapter 12, Hey, hey I'm going I'm to tell you a little bit of a, a, little bit of a riddle. Let, let's have a little bit of a battle of wits. And to make it even a little bit more fun, let's put a bit of a wager on it. Put a bit of money in a sense on it. Let's put something on it anyway. Let's put some clothing, some linen on it. And if you can work, the, work it out first, 
you win. But if, I, if you don't, in the time allowed, I win. He says, I'll bet you 30 pieces of linen and 30 pieces of clothing that I can win this and you'll lose. You won't be able to work out the riddle. I'll give you seven days. And here's the, here's the riddle. And if you were here with us last week, you know what kind of animal that he destroyed? It was a lion, not a chihuahua, as I pronounced incorrectly many times. And just thanks for everyone that told me that. And you probably don't remember anything I said, but you've like, had a good laugh out of chihuahuas. But anyway, I'll move forward. Samson had promised God not to touch anything dead, but what, but what did he scoop out of that dead lion? Honey, well done. Compromise that vow that he'd made to God. And verse 14 of, of uh, Judges 14, he says to these Philistine men, here's the riddle. Out of the eater, something to eat. Out of the strong, something sweet. What's he talking about? He's talking about the lion and the honey. The strong and the eater and the eat and the sweet, it's the lion and the honey. But for three days, Scripture says those Philistine men could not give him the answer. Now, I'm not, I'm not really big into riddles. Is anyone big into riddles? Who loves riddles? Okay, there's a couple for you. Do you like saying them, Lee, or do you just like trying to work them out? Work them out. Well, yeah, I'm one of those people that when people tell it, I'll give it about 30 seconds, okay? Maybe 30 seconds. And if I can't get it, I'll just say, can you just... Just give me a couple of clues. And it happens in our family, in our extended family, who live in Queensland, won't name them. But, um, but they just get a real joy out of just dragging it out. No, no. And then, then you, you know what happens? You start to think, this is really frustrating me. Now, I don't go to the lengths that the Philistine guy, men do, but, but they, they can be frustrating. And these guys are getting frustrated. They're getting really angry. They're losing it. So they go to the, to the woman who's, gonna, who, who's Samson's uh, woman in his life and they say, trick him. Get the answer out of him. And if you don't do it, if you don't get the secret answer out of him, we're going we're gonna to kill you and we're going to kill your family and we're going to kill the rest of you. Now, just to let you know, I've never said that to my family. Just to give you a heads up, got to that point. But that's what they say. They go to the greatest weapon of all to get to Samson. And she cries, great weapon, to get the answer out of him. Don't you love me? Don't you love me? So finally he caves in and he tells her the secret and she tells the 30 men. And we see in verse 18, this is what it says. Before sunset on the seventh day, the men of the town said to him, What is sweeter than honey? What is stronger than a lion? Samson's furious. And they figured out the riddle and he lost. He was embarrassed, he gets angry and he does one of the more silly things. This is what he says. If you had not ploughed with my heifer, you would not have solved my riddle. Now, one thing we can learn out of this. If you're married... Husbands and wives, never call your spouse a heifer. <laughs> Let's pray. No, I'm joking. 
But what we do see here is that Samson caves into a weakness that so many of us battle with. Rather than responding by the Spirit of God, he reacts here with emotion. Samson is emotion-driven. And we see he falls victim to a number of emotions, but there's two that I want to highlight to you this morning, where we can lose and they can have such an effect on our life that we, we, we cannot be used as God wants us to be used. The first one is this. There is anger, the emotion of anger. Samson, Samson burned with anger. Verse 19, Samson went down to Ashlecon, struck down 30 of their men, stripped them of their belongings and gave their clothes to those who had explained the riddle. Burning with anger, he returned to his father's house and Samson's wife was given to the friend who had attended him at the feast. 30 innocent lives, wife gone, left her, lost the bet, marriage over even before it started, on a killing spree and then the Father's bride, thinking, what, what's going on here? We know at that time a, fried, a bride would give another man, give her his bride, his, sorry, his daughter to, another, to a man to, to marry. And this is what happens here. We see in Judges 15, 1, 2, what comes of that, knowing that Samson had left, left, left her. It says this, later on, at the time of the wheat harvest, Samson took a young goat, and went to visit his wife, and he said, I'm going to my wife's room. But her father would not let him go in. I was so sure you hated her, he said, that I gave her to your companion. Can you imagine how angry Samson was? Well, we get a glimpse. He goes out. And he's so mad, he goes out and he gets 150 pairs of foxes and he ties their tails together, puts a torch between their tails. He lit the torch and let these animals loose on the Philistine fields where they were growing their crops. And as we know, it was, a, it was the right time. If you wanted to burn the crops, this was the time. And you can only imagine the chaos. 150 pair of foxes with fire in between them running around like crazy because of that. Samson, for all his practical purposes there, burned all their fields and all their crops. Guess what? The Philistines were mighty angry. They're furious. So what do they do? They went and burned and killed Samson's wife and her father. Samson's emotion... His driven anger cost him in so many ways and it costs so many people. You know, anger brings and causes so much pain. Not only to the person who's angry, but to others. It can bring great fear. It can cause no good. And I've seen it at times, even, even in myself. Anger can be a negative default emotion. You know, we may not come out with it in words, but it burns inside. So angry. Just burns. Someone embarrasses me. And I don't like being felt embarrassed, so I get angry. I want to get back at them. 
They shouldn't do that to me. My child frustrates me. My children frustrate me and I just get so angry. Well, the problem I've seen in that is that the kids grow up then actually in fear of their parents, not in love with their parents. They live in fear. A little side story. It's a little bit funny in some ways, but I, I was uh, coming out of the gym the other day and it was at the same time as the swimming lessons, at the same time as the parents were coming out of their cars and taking their kids to swimming lessons. And I was near my car and this mum was just so angry at her kids for, for being so slow and she's saying, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. And she was running in the little, you know, would have been no more than three. Little legs were trying to keep up. And, the, and I just heard the little kid say, well, you're on your phone. <laughs> in a sense of like, well, it's not my fault. But anger, even in those situations, causes us to say and do things that just, we were, I think we, were, we regret that we do. I sense Samson wasn't happy with some of those as he looked back on what he had done. You know, a fellow Jesus follower has offended you and you get angry. And you still hold on to that anger even now, even though they might have done something to you that wasn't right. But you're so still angry at them. It's a grudge that you hold on for years. Think about it for a moment. What, what, what did Samson have to get angry about? He was the one who was pursuing the wrong woman. He was the one who decided to marry her. He was the one who taunted the Philistines with the riddle. He was the one who knew the secret. He was the one who gave the secret away. He was the one who burnt the villages and the crops down. In other words, he was mad at the world, but the reality is most of the mess was his own fault. That's where... That's why so many of us end up living where we do. I don't like my boss. Don't like my job. Don't like my spouse. But, in, but it's been what you've done in those relationships that's caused you to be like that. I'm mad at God. I can't believe he let me into this situation. For many of us, not all of us, but for many, it's because of the unwise decisions that we've made previous that we find ourselves there. driven by the emotion of anger rather than being led by the Spirit of God. If some of us are really honest with ourselves this morning, we have an anger issue. It's the outburst that get us into trouble. We're led by anger rather being led by God's Spirit. We're driven by the emotion of anger. And I, and I would hope today... Maybe there is at least just one person in this place today that goes, you know what, I need forgiveness in this area. I need to make myself right in this area because I do have an anger issue and it's actually affecting my relationship with others but specifically with my Heavenly Father. I need to be more accountable to this. I need to make right with this. I need to say, God, I want to be led by your Spirit, God, not by my issue of anger be led by the spirit on this 
Maybe it's the prayer room after church to go in there to have someone pray for you. The second thing is this, that Samson was filled with pride, as we said last week. And I just want to highlight this again, that he was filled with pride. Still dealing with his anger, he goes out and because of the strength that God had given to him, we read in chapter 15, verse 15, what he does. Because of God's strength, he says, finding a fresh jawbone of a donkey. Because of God's strength that he had given to him, he grabbed it and he struck down a thousand men. Now, as you do. I can't even wrestle my son down. (laughs) I'm cactus with that now. But anyway. But bang. Thousand people. Here we see under the power of God, all credit has to go to God here for what he did. Takes down a thousand men through the power that God had given to him. And, and this just highlights to me something. Um, I don't think anyone in this room is probably going to find, a, find the jawbone of a, of, a, of a donkey and go and take on a thousand people. But, but it does highlight to me this, that all things are possible through our living God. I truly believe that. All, all things are possible through him. doesn't mean that things work out how we would like them to work out. But this just highlights to me the power of the living God. And we see that time and time again through, through Scripture, and it's highlighted to me in the greatest, greatest way of all, in the way that he raised Jesus from the dead. But it does highlight to me, uh, when you might think things aren't possible, things are possible that might be impossible for man, for woman is possible through God and we see that through this situation through, the, through his power but, but look who takes credit in verse 16 then Samson says with a donkey's jawbone I I have made a donkey of them he's got a little bit of humour in him I don't mind Samson but with, with a donkey's jawbone what does he say I have killed A thousand men. Pride. Prideful is a battle many of us struggle with. Now, I know some of you, you won't turn up, turn off because you are humble people anyway. But some of us don't struggle with this. You have humility in you and it's a strength and I want to encourage you to keep going with that. But some of us struggle with pride. Look at me. Look what I can do. I want to impress you or I am impressing you. Pride can be born out of our insecurities. When we don't know who we are in Christ, pride is the first emotion that will rise up to take us down and the Bible talks about pride, so it's important to address it. This is what it says in James chapter 4. Some of us know this really well, but it's hard to, 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 to live out. But it says this, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Proverbs 16 says, Pride comes before the fall. Some of us here might believe, well, well, my worth is based on what I can accomplish. Pride also says, well, I don't need any help. I don't need help when I'm in need. I don't want you to know that I'm weak. I think, men, this is an issue for some of us here, but ladies too. I don't want anyone to know that I'm weak. 
I don't want to ask for help to get me out of the horrible situation that I'm in. I don't want to admit to anyone that I have an issue with anger. I just want that to stay in the confines of my family and it's not to, to leave that. Because I'm full of pride, I don't, I don't want you to know that I'm fragile. I'm actually doing it pretty tough. Pride says, I, I want it to be about me. We see that in Samson. Yet, yet what we should learn from Samson is this, that rather than it to be about me, it should be really that God is central, that he is the, he's the main character in the story, my story. He is central. That when we're tempted to be driven by our emotions, we are led by his spirit because he is central in our life. I love again Galatians 5 and I want to read it to you again. So I say, live by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of your fleshly nature. If you're continually driven by emotions, you will end up like Samson. Lots of potential, divine potential, who continues to self-destruct. But, but, if you put those emotions, those those things, the, the, the pride, the anger, whatever it might be, and you, in a sense, put it on the altar of the living God. You give it to him and say, this is my struggle. This is what is stopping me from your spirit continually washing over me, falling afresh on me, listening to your word. I want to give it to you. I want to be led by your spirit. It requires them to be willing to do that. But God is there. He will want to lead you. He will want to direct you, and he will. All of a sudden, you become who God created you to be, to be that person, that person of spiritual strength. You can be more of what he created you to be. You can have that purpose that he has for you. He can meet your deepest need. When Samson returned, God gave him water. And his strength returned in an amazing way. And uh, I just want to read this to you because this is what he does. So he, he, he's, in a, he's in a, not in a great place. And uh, this is what he says, verse 18. Because he was very thirsty, he cried out to the Lord. No, no longer full of pride, humble. He says, you have given your servant this great victory. Must I now die of thirst and fall into the hands of the uncircumcised? Then God opened up the hollow place in Lehi. Miracle. God the center. Water came out of it. When Samson drank, his strength returned and he revived. If you're in need... Let, let, you, let your need drive you to God because God will meet you in your deepest need. You can be who God created you to be. If you're willing and honest enough to say to your Heavenly Father, I have been driven by anger. I've been driven by pride. Your Heavenly Father allows you to rise up out of that. You might think, well, you've got no idea, Tim. I'm in the dark place, or you've got no idea where I've been. There's still hope in that. 
you can come out of that. So you can live how he wants you to live with a purpose for him. And I need to say this to you, there's no better life. There's no better life. And, and I'm testimony to that. I know that because that's where I'm at. Is it a walk in the park? No. Are there temp- times that I'm tempted to be prideful? Tempted to be angry? Yes, absolutely. But here's what I've learned, and I'll leave you with this thought. The closer that I am in my relationship with God, I've learnt this. I, I seek after the Spirit of God to lead me. Fall afresh on me. I allow it to direct me through his word, through prayer, through him speaking to me, through other people speaking to me, through songs that we sing whatever it might be. But that comes by being in a close, deep relationship with him. And that means being in his word. It means studying it. It means listening to him through others, through prayer. I find the times when I want to maybe get a little angry at my children or others that I hear, I have to be honest that when I'm in a close relationship with God I hear the spirit of God say to me Tim be still be quiet listen when it comes to being prideful I don't I don't mind as they say being saying some things about myself for others to hear you know you hear a story from someone someone tells a story and you think I can match that story with an even better story Have you ever been in those conversations you're telling someone and you're looking at them and you think that they've got another story that's already going and they don't even care about my story because they want to match my story I can be that person sometimes but my testimonies there are times even in those moments when I'm close with God I've heard him say listen to them listen let's pray together Father, I pray that your spirit would stir within the hearts of those who are here today, that you would cause us to rise up to live with hearts after you, empowered by your spirit and strengthened by your word through the Bible. I pray for those who are, who are here today that, that do struggle at times to, with the area of the emotion of anger, emotion of pride that it's actually in the way and it's a, it's a blockage in their relationship with you and it's stopping the, the amazing potential that you have for them in this world to live for you and to live for your kingdom and to be able to do that in their home, their family, in their church here, in their everyday life, in their workplace, in their retirement village, in their university with their brother, with their sisters, whatever it might be. I pray that they would have the courage to name that and to seek to work it out, to get the help maybe they need, but first and foremost to bring it before your altar, God, to come before you and to speak to you about it and then seek the right help to make sure that that isn't something they keep falling back on that they would be led, they would have a desire to be led by your Holy Spirit in their lives. 
I just want to give you a moment. If there's just something that you've heard this morning, even through a song, whatever it might be, or something that I've said, that you just want to pray right now to bring it before God, I, I, just, I just want you to do that. just want to give you a moment to do that. Thank you that we can call on you, our Heavenly Father, and you hear our prayer, and you forgive us and make us new. Thank you for your amazing grace. You shower on us despite our failings. We pray this in your precious name, Heavenly Father. Amen. We're going to stand and sing um, this closing song, Christ is Enough, and I just Love the line where it says, Christ is enough for me, Christ is enough for me. Everything I need is in your everything I need, even in our deepest needs.